to see Sister Maja and, and give her some nice winter stuff so she can um, give away. Amen. We stand behind things that will help people's lives. We stand behind things that will help people's lives. And that's why we want to stand behind Sister Maja. Give her whatever you can. Don't take her any dirty clothes. Don't take her any old torn clothes that you don't want. Please, please don't do that. Nice, clean. If, even if you give her something, make sure it's clean. Amen. We don't want to give. The, we don't want to make more work for her, and we don't want her to give anything to anyone that um, she don't think is good. So um, let's make sure we do that. Um, thank you, Sister Sylvia, Sister Scarlett, and all our healthcare professions for every year um, in the month of October making us aware of this deadly disease called cancer and how we can learn about it, know about it, and how we can treat it. Amen. We have the power of God on our side that God can heal whenever he decides to. He can heal just by his power. He can heal through using the doctors. And we just thank God for however he wants to do. But I thank all of you that are doing something to make a difference, to make it an impact in this world, making an impact in the kingdom of God. I appreciate every one of you. Nothing you do I take lightly because I know you put effort, you put time, you put prayer into everything that you do. And so I thank you so very much for just giving up yourself and doing whatever you can to help others. Acts chapter 19, verse number 21. The word of the Lord says, After these things were ended, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I've been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus and Erastus. But he himself stayed in Asia for a season, and the same time there arose no small stir about that way. When you hear that word in the book of Acts, that way, it's talking about believers of Jesus Christ. So when you read that, it says that way, it's talking about people who believe in Jesus Christ. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen, whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation, and said, Sirs, ye know that by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, you see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul had persuaded and turned away much people, saying that there be no gods which are made with hands, so that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. 
Lord God, we're just calling on your name. We can't make you do anything because you are the almighty God. But what we are asking is that you pour out of your spirit. What we're asking is that your presence will be manifested. What we're asking is that you overshadow us with your presence and your power. What we're asking, Lord, is for you to speak to our heart and every situation we're dealing with. What we're asking, almighty God, is for your purpose and will for our lives to be done, that we, oh God, could be set on the right track, that we, almighty God, can truly walk in our purpose, that we can walk in liberty, that we can walk in faithfulness and righteousness and holiness. Lord, have your way today that the Spirit of the Lord will move, that the Spirit of the Lord will destroy every yoke of bondage and that every captive will be set free today. Jesus, we call on your magnificent name, your powerful name, your delivering name, your healing name. Will you have your way even now as we ask Almighty God, we are weak, but thou art strong. You're the Almighty God. Will you show up and show out in this place today that God, we will never be the same again. That God, our lives will be changed immediately just by the touch of your hand and the power of your spirit. We thank you. Oh God, we give you the praise for there is none like you. We're desperate for you, oh God. We're desperate for you, oh God. We're desperate for a move of your spirit. We're desperate for change. We're desperate, Lord God, for the will of God to be done. We praise you and ask you, in Jesus' holy name, can somebody clap their hands unto the Lord? For the Lord is good, His mercy everlasting, His truth endureth to all generations. Thank you so very much. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Mm. Mm. Don't believe any lies today. Don't believe any lies. Thoughts are in minds and thoughts have come this morning. Uh, people have been battling situations. The devil has been lying to you. Uh, the spirit of the adversary has been trying to condemn you, uh, trying to lead you away from God. Uh, but I'm here this morning to come. Uh, and I come in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, I come against every principalities and powers, uh, every rules of the darkness of this world, uh, and every spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, I come under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ the power of his spirit and I command every thought I command every work of the devil, the evilness to leave this place to leave the minds of Christ to leave the minds of the people of Christ I bind every thought that is not of God and I cast it in outer darkness in Jesus name yes Hallelujah. 
Ah, somebody, you got to praise God because it is your war cry. When you begin to praise Him, when you begin to give Him the honor, when you open up your mouth and lift up your voice and say, Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, you are my God. Jesus, you are my King. The devil has to flee. The Word of God says, submit ye forth to God. Resist the devil and he shall flee. Don't give in to those thoughts. Don't give in to those things. Don't give in. Don't give in. Don't give in. Don't give in. God is on your side. God is working on your behalf. God is doing something for you. And you can't get discouraged now. You can't give up now. You can't succumb to these thoughts now. God is working on your behalf. Hallelujah. You may be seated. There, there was a sacred month at Ephesus, which they named the month of Diana. It is when a great religious gathering takes place to celebrate the public games in honor of the goddess. This month of Diana was the month of May. During this month of May, trades are brisk in Ephesus, not only from the large temporary increase of population by the presence of provincials and strangers from more distant parts, but also from the purchases made in the shops and markets. Among the tradesmen of Ephesus, there were none who depended more upon the business of this month than the makers and dealers of holy trinkets. During the third year of the Apostle Paul's stay in Ephesus in the month of May, the maker of the silver shrine realized to their dismay that the demand for their commodity had fallen off so seriously that it affected their sales and revenue. Because of this, one of the leading men of their association convened a meeting regarding this situation and in an inflammatory speech pointed out Paul as the person who, by his preaching, proclaimed that there were no gods made with hands. Now, mind you, this proclamation not only produced this crisis in the trade, but had endangered their glorious temple and imperiled that magnificence which the world admired. Today, I want to preach to you on this topic. There is only one God. There is only one God. There is only one God. As a people, we have proven time and time again that most of us only want a God to supply our wants and desires. 
Let me live my life how I want to live my life. I will tell God when I want him in it and when I want him to get involved with it. For some of us, God gets in our way and he interferes too much with what we're doing so we stay away from him. Self-interest is what we're after. And we're concerned about if we get involved with God, he's going to mess things up. We may express deep feelings when we touch or when we get our touch by emotions. We can hear preaching. We can hear teaching. People can say something that that we identified with emotionally, and it will cause a great stirring of emotions. But we will always respond in a greater way when our self-interest is being messed with. And so, oftentimes, our self-interest holds us bound and keeps us from God's interests. God, you can stir my emotions. God, you can make me feel good. God, you can even help me do this and help me do that. But I'm still pursuing my self-interest. I'm still doing what I feel that I need to do. And as long as you don't mess with that, God, we can have a relationship going. But the moment you get involved in messing with my own self-interest, the moment you get to moving and, and touching my stuff that I'm real interested in, then I can't be your child. Our self-interest is what this is all about. The challenges that we're dealing with, it's because we have an interest that we're locked in on. And we're trying to pursue. And we'll do it no matter what. And God, if you can fit into that, then you're good with me. You can't fit into my self-interest, God. Then I can't serve you. I can't walk with you. We're captivated by so many self-interests today that even when we are moved by the power of Jesus Christ, we resist change because our self-interest is greater than God's interest for us. Can you imagine? Some of you can. Raising children, knowing you're doing the very best for them, and they treat you like you're some enemy to them. Can you imagine that? You know, mother, the child came out of your womb. Father, the child is your seed. And there's no way in your right mind, being a decent individual, you will ever do anything to hurt them. And you're giving everything you can. And they're just resisting. And they're just pushing back. Because they want to pursue their own self-interest. 
Can you imagine that? Well, that's what so many of us are doing with the Lord. So many of us are saying, Lord, leave me alone. I'm pursuing. When I pursue all that I pursue and I obtain all I want to obtain, maybe I'll come back and talk to you. This is why some people think serving God is for old people. I'm only supposed to serve God when I get old because when I was young, I was trying to do my thing. But when I'm old and I just can't do nothing else, that's the time I serve God. If I was God, I would tell all them people that think that. So you think I want you when you can't do nothing for me. The Lord called the church his bride, his wife. You think I want to marry some woman that can't do nothing for me? And I can do everything for her? Which brother want to do that? Which man in here want to marry some woman that can't do nothing for him and he got to do everything for her? Which woman want to marry some man that do nothing and she got to do everything? So why we want to say we serve in the almighty God. But 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 we just got to wait a little bit. He got to wait a little bit because I got some things to do. I thought marriage means we work together. I thought marriage means we give our all and all together. Marriage ain't 50-50. Marriage is 100-100. You give 100 and he give 100. And Jesus categorized his relationship with us as a marriage. And here we are. We're worrying about God got to wait for me to serve him. Because I have self-interest. I got things I'm pursuing. I got things I'm doing. I got things I need to accomplish. And so, yeah, I will just fit God in whenever I can. But I got to pursue what I got to do. During the months that Paul had preached in Ephesus, Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen had not quarreled at all. They had no problems with Paul. Uh huh. Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen, they were good with Paul's preaching. But they became concerned when the money flow went down. The ironic thing is Paul never preached against what they were doing. Paul just preached to them about Jesus. He didn't tell them you're worshiping idols. He didn't tell them. He says about the one true God that that's who you worship. He never said don't worship Diana. Go read it here. He said we worship God, the almighty God, Jesus Christ. And so Paul preached And they didn't care what he preached. They just kept doing their thing. But when the prophet went down, when the money making slowed down, 
Hear me this morning, somebody. You like church, and I'm okay with you as long as I preach and don't mess with your self-interest. But the day I start preaching something that come against your self-interest, that come against what you believe, that come against how you feel, that come against what you want to pursue, you start to say, I don't know about that preacher. I don't know about that church. Why? Because you got some interest that the Word of God is now convicting your heart. And now you want to no longer want to go to that church. We've got Bible church. Don't get upset. Don't let me get you upset. We've got Bible that when God comes in the picture, it's something that's going to happen to you that make you have to make a decision and start to challenge yourself to say, do I keep living like this or do I trust the Lord Jesus? We can't. Try to trick God. You can tell me anything you want, but you can't tell God whatever you want because God knows everything. And God knows why you're doing or why you're not doing. And so God had Paul preach the word of God. And when Paul preached, they was okay with Paul. Yeah, they weren't following what he was saying. They just kept their focus on their self-interest. Let me make my money. And as soon as that money wasn't the same anymore, they had a problem with Paul. We're going to have a problem. Since y'all are afraid to have a problem with God, you made the problem me. Because you better not try to have no problem with Jesus. You're afraid to open your mouth and say, Jesus, I got a problem with you. So you just throw it on the preacher. Uh huh. He a man just like me. Uh huh. He don't understand. Please, I, I, I got things that I got to do with. He know how it goes. No, don't tell me. Tell Jesus. I didn't die on the cross for you. I didn't give my blood for you. I didn't walk the, walk with the cross carrying it to Golgotha's hill. I didn't do that for you, but Jesus did that for you. And so... Paul preached the word of God. And as Paul preached the word of God, people started believing the word of God and started living out. Church, hear me this morning. This is the, 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 the thing about we can't get to the place where we just blend in. We just fit in. We just go through the motions. We just, we just assemble ourselves uh, with no change uh, because God is not interested in you just assembling yourself. Uh, God is interested in you uh, being changed, uh, being transformed, uh, being delivered by His Spirit. Uh, God is interested uh, in your life being different. Uh, that's why He's pursuing you. Uh, and God God wants to change your life. We can't come in and just assemble ourselves. When you come to hear the word of God and you come to understand the word of God, it's going to challenge you with your self-interest. If you're in a church and that church don't challenge you with your personal self-interest, something is wrong. God talks about preachers that will preach messages that make you feel good, that tickle your ears, make you feel good. But God, his way 
ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And when God gets good and ready, He's going to preach His Word. That's going to ruffle our feathers. That's going to challenge us. That's going to challenge us to the core to change. Will you change when God challenges you? Our self-interest is the big thing. We allow that self-interest to hold us captive. And we say a lot of times, yeah, you're you're telling the truth. The Bible says, the truth shall make us free. (laughs) We need to say it like this. Obeying the truth. We like to quote it. The truth will make us free. But how many of us know truth? But we're not free. Because it's not knowing the truth that make you free. It's obeying the truth that will make you free. we got to hear the truth and say, God, I want to be free. I'm going to do what the truth say I need to do. You can't be free just by knowing truth. You're still in bondage. You're still captive by all of your self-interests. Uh-huh. Because they derive their income from making, selling silver statues of the Ephesian goddess Diana. The craftsmen knew their livelihood would suffer if people started believing in Jesus Christ. (laughs) Here's something, regular life. When you start living for God, you spend your money differently. And so, the cable company, when you wasn't living for God, was getting a ton from you. Let me just say for me. Let me just say for me. The cable company was getting a ton from me. You start living for God, the cable company wonder why you, you know, you don't have that $300 bill anymore. Because I don't need all that. Let them the silversmiths. Yeah, 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 yeah. The cable company. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the dude that, 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 that owns the liquor store, silversmith. Uh, yeah, yeah. You want some more? Yeah. That, 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 that. When you start living for God, the money you contributed to them, they no longer have. So they, they, they will have a problem with God. We don't realize that's what the problem is with God. That's our world's problem with God. Because when you start living for God, when you start obeying God, He interrupts your normal way of being. And how you live your life can no longer be how you live it. That's our problem. But when will we say to ourselves, I was living my life wrong anyway. So I need to change it anyway and get it right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, the silversmiths got angry because they was making good money. Now all of a sudden Paul preaching the word and people getting saved and says, oh Lord, these idle things are no good. I need to throw them out. I'm not buying those things anymore. Now all of a sudden they mad at Paul. Paul didn't do one thing to them. 
But since they couldn't do anything to God, yeah, they, they couldn't do anything. God wasn't there. They couldn't do anything to God. So they said, oh, let's get him. He, he's the one that's preaching that mess. Many of us refuse to believe in and fully trust in Jesus because we don't want to discard our idols. Uh huh. We don't want to discard our idols. We want to keep our idols. Many of us are trying to live for God while we hold on to our idols. And the word of the Lord says in Matthew 24, 6, I believe it says, no man can serve two masters. Uh, so holding on to your idols and coming to church don't work. Uh, no, it don't. Now, I'm not telling you that it doesn't, if you're sincere about God, holding on to your idols and coming to church, eventually, if you're sincere in your heart, you will let go of that idol. You will discard that idol and then you will fully give your life to God. But some of us are purposely holding on to that idol. You're holding on to your idol. Yes. We don't want to give up our idols. Our idols have been too good to us. Our idols have been with us a long time. We've been accustomed to our idols. Uh, it is what we're comfortable with and it satisfies our desires. We hold on to our idols. Today, our idols may not be Diana the goddess. No, we just don't do that like that. We're a little bit more, you know, behaved. We, we, we know how to carry ourselves. So we're not going to bow down before no goddess statue, especially not in the West. Uh-huh. Our idols are not Diana. We may not be bowing before any statues or images, but that does not mean we don't have idols. The other day I went knocking on somebody's door doing outreach knocked on the door and the dude says you don't want to talk to me I'm a devil worshiper I said the, the extremity that these people go through to avoid hearing about God I said well tell me how you worship the devil you don't want to mess with me when I go knocking the door I'm fully loaded man I go with double barrels and everything I worship the devil I said tell me how to worship God he went back in the house because all I was doing was telling him something that will make him have to remove himself from his God, his, 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 his self-interest. That's, what, that's all he's trying to protect against. I got my self-interest, preacher, and now here you come to tell me about Jesus, that's going to interrupt my flow of my self-interest. So he figured he would tell me something that he thought was going to scare me. I want to tell him, sometimes I, I be wanting to say, yo, I ain't the Jehovah Witnesses. I got power, baby. I don't know what you think I am, but I'm not those people that you think. I'm a different kind of dude. Won't you come and talk to me? Yeah. Full of the Holy Ghost. Got the name of Jesus applied. I'm like, come talk to me. You're not afraid. You're not scaring me talking about you a devil worship. I want him to come so I can lay hands on him and his wife and his kids and everybody. Because I know what the power is. And that stuff he was talking was just to get me going so he wouldn't have to interrupt. I'm a devil worshiper. Thought he was going to make me say, oh, oh, please, dude. You better come know who Jesus is. 
So we got all kind of idols. We say all kind of things. Idolatry today is not about bowing before and worshiping false gods, statues, and images. What if idolatry today has taken on a different identity that is so ordinary that we don't recognize them as gods and as idols? What if we now do our kneeling and our bowing with our thoughts and imagination? In your mind, you're bowing to your God. In your mind, you're worshiping your idols. In your mind is where we may be doing most of our idol worship. I'm sure I know what I'm talking about. Because when you get on social media, you see all kind of things, but you can't be involved with it physically. So in your mind, you get involved. Uh-huh. So our idol worship is more about in our what's in our thoughts more than it is what we do outwardly. Uh-huh. We're seeing all of these images. We're seeing all of these pictures. We're seeing all of these people. And since we can't be where they are, we can't do what they're doing, our image, our imagination begins to work. And that's where we put all of our effort in. That's why some people can spend all their life all day long on social media. Uh-huh. Social media gives some people a high, an adrenaline rush. Let me hurry and go ahead and post this. And let me see how many people respond to me. Huh. Our idol can be our situation we're dealing with. Our idol can be a person, which includes yourself. Could be your pride. Our idols can be sickness. Our idol can be fear. Our idol can be money, material things. Our idol can be strongholds and addiction. Our idols can be religion. I'll take it a step further. Our idol can be church. As long as I get in that building, as long as I get with the people, you are more focused on church than you are focused on the head of the church. We, we, we don't understand how deep God is. God is not interested in you getting caught up in the church. He wants you to get caught up in him, not the church. Do we need to be in the church to be saved? Yes. Do we need to be in the church to experience certain things? Yes. But many of us are not matured in God because we're stuck on the church. When things go wrong in our life, we look to the church. When people don't act right in the church, we talk about the church. When people act crazy, we say the church. 
and we are forgetting who is the head of the church. When are we going to say, God, oh, do you see what I'm dealing with and what I'm going through? Will you help me? As opposed to getting mad at people, having attitudes with people, not talking to people, staying away from people, not coming to church because you don't want to deal with people. It's not the church. We're here because of Jesus. And if we're not here because of Jesus, we need to start being here because of Jesus. You can't let nobody get you so upset that you don't want to be in church. You can't let somebody talk to you the way they talk to you, disrespect you in any way, and say, I'm not going to church. Because then you're making the church and that person, you're making them more important than the head of the church. We can't allow people to get us off track because then we make them our God. We make the church our God. I'm going to church. We make going to church make us feel good. I'm not saying things won't happen in church that make you feel good. But I got to tell you, I come to church to get in touch with Jesus. I come to church to have an experience with Jesus. I come to church because I want to experience his power. I come to church because I want him to do something in my life to to keep changing my life and keep working in my life. I come to church because I want to know him better. I come to church because I want to worship him. I come to church because of him. I love you and I appreciate you, but I come here because of Jesus. Anything else for your, for the, the, any other reason for you coming here, you very well may have an idol that you're clinging to. And it could be the church and you don't even realize it. There's people, many people, my church is this and my church is that. And then you ask them something about Jesus and they can't explain it. Because their way of being is all about just just assembling and, 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 and joining in with the flow and the operation of the church. I need to know Jesus. I need to have an encounter with Jesus. I need to hear the voice of God. I need to be able to, oh, just, just begin to worship and get in tune with him. When I come here, I don't want to talk. When it's time to worship, when I come here, I, I'm, I'm locked in. When, when, when we come and we pray and praise and worship start, I love you. And my, my, I'll talk to you at the church, but now I want to get locked in with him. Because only he can change my life. Only he can help me. I want to know him, and I want to have an experience with him every time I come in this place. Be careful of what has become an idol in your life. You don't even realize it. You've got idols and, and, and you didn't consider them an idol because you just figure it's this and it's that. But idols come in different shape, form, all kind of situation. If it's stopping you from allowing God to be God in your life, it's an idol. 
I'm going through right now. I can't pray. That situation has just replaced your position in God. I'm going through. I can't pray. First Corinthians 8 verse 4 says, we know. I'm picking up in the middle of the verse. First Corinthians 8 4. We know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other God but one. Oh, y'all didn't get excited about that. You excited with me, sister? All right. Verse 5. For though there be that are called gods, small g, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us, this is Paul talking, to us, me and my boys, to us, me and those that worship him, to us, me and those that praise him, to us, there is but one God, the Father of whom all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom all things, and we by him. Can I pause and point something out to you real quick? So verse 6 says, but to us, there is but one God, the Father, of whom all things, all, right? All right. All things, and we in him. And one Lord Jesus, by whom what? So tell me how can all be in God and all be in Jesus? Somebody tell me that. If all is in God and all is in Jesus, how is that possible? (laughs) The only thing that makes sense to me is that almighty God is Jesus Christ. So when you say all, he's saying I'm everything, so it's all in me. And so whether I'm moving around as the man Christ Jesus or whether I'm part in the Red Sea as Almighty God, it's all in me. <laughs> There's only one God. The Word of God says an idol is nothing, yet we are following these idols that are nothing And allowing them to control us. We can't allow anything, church, to control us. We can't allow anything to get the best of us because we were created higher than everything in this world. We were created as the treasure of God. We were created as the apple of his eye. We were created as his most precious of all. And God is not intended for us to worship anything other than him. If anything, have the best of you right now. 
Today is your day that you don't leave here until you pray and seek God so that whatever that is, it will not have the best of you when you walk out of these doors. You need to walk out of these doors today free. You need to walk out of these doors saying, ain't nothing in this world, out of this world, that will get the best of me because I was created for one and only one. I'm only created for one. I can't have nothing else control me. I can't have nothing else rule me. I can't have anything else to control my emotions. Whether I'm happy today or I'm sad today, I can't have anything do that to me. There's only one. One God. And so... We have to examine ourselves today. What, what's controlling me? What's stopping me from growing in God? What's stopping me from being better than I am today? Let me just make you feel good real quick. You are great right now, but God wants you to be greater. Don't you think that as great as you are, that's that. That's everything, and you're at the top of the hill. Are you kidding me? God is so amazing. God is so deep. God is so wonderful that whatever you are right now is still a whole lot more to go because God wants to make you the greatest you can be. Uh-huh. So don't, don't, don't think that where you are is good enough. Don't think that where you are, you're, 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 that's where God wants you. God is saying, no, baby, I got more for you. God is saying, uh, come on, honey, we got we to gotta do more here. You're going to be amazed at the things that I'm going to do in you and through you. If you will just stick with me, will you just stick with me? And I will show you, I will blow your mind if you'll stick with me. Uh-huh. And so... We can't let anything control us. God is disturbed when we, his prized treasures, allow idols that are nothing to control us. Didn't we read it says idols are nothing? The Bible says God is a jealous God. Man, when would we stop and realize there is nothing more important than us. Nothing. God Almighty and then us. So we shouldn't allow anything to hold us hostage. We shouldn't allow anything to be an idol to us. We shouldn't allow anything to control us. Because God Almighty is the only thing that's above us. Deuteronomy 6 and 4, you know it well. It says here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest 
by the way. And when thou liest down and when thou risest up, what God is saying is the Lord our God is one and you must love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. And just don't do it in word, but do it in deed. When you go to sleep, when you wake up, when you go to work, when you go to school, wherever you go, you must show the love of God because He is the God that is Almighty God. He is the one that we worship and praise. There is no other God but the true and living God. There is no other God but Jesus. There is no other God but Jesus. It's only Jesus that we must worship. It's only Jesus that we will bow down to. It's only Jesus that will have control in our life. Isaiah 42 and 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give another, neither my praise to graven images. They must not have read that when they was worshiping Diana. Oof. They worshiped Diana and didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Matthew 1 verse 23 says, Behold, A virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name. And the scripture made it clear for us what Emmanuel means, which being interpreted is what God is it talking about? There's only one God. There's only one God. So when they, when the Bible says she was going to give birth to a baby boy and, and his name will be Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, somebody hear me today. God is showing us how powerful he is. That as great as he is, as, as wonderful and powerful as he is, that everything dwells in him and he, he, it is he that upholds everything. But the day came when we needed one to give their life for us, one to be in substitute for us because we were messed up and we couldn't save ourselves. And when the day came, Almighty God, where everything consists in, had to make himself become a human in order to become a substitute for you so you can be saved. What kind of God is that? That everything consists in him. That he upholds everything. And when the fullness of time was come, he said, in order for my people to be saved, I got to become one of them. And still keep everything going. You tell me, what can't he do? That's the main thing. As I get ready to close here. That's the main thing. That we keep fighting what God is trying to help us to understand why we should follow him. And make him our God. Because nobody can do what he does. Because nobody is like him. And we steady trying to prove, some of us that is, not all of us, because us apostolic know better. But so many other people of religious belief is steady trying to make him less than who he is. If, if he becomes what they want him to become, he can't be God no more. They don't understand. They don't understand. The very thing he's trying to teach us to say, me, that created everything, that was invisible, that keeps everything going, that brought life, me, 
that upholds everything, that everything consists in me. I had to become one of you and still kept everything going and still was me. That's who I am. You don't want to change that church. You don't want to go believe some other things about that Jesus is, 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 is the son uh, um, um, that God had in heaven. <laughs> I don't know how you have kids in heaven when the Bible says flesh and blood. Did, did, did you read that in the Bible? It says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Right. So, so how did they have a baby up there? <laughs> I'm just asking the question. I love those people explain to me how they have the baby up there. You know, you know what I'm saying? How they have the baby up there? Because flesh and blood don't 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 rule up in heaven. Uh huh. Remember, he, when it was time for him to go up there, did he go up there in regular flesh and blood? Okay, so we know flesh and blood not up there, right? So how did the baby come? Baby only get born down here, not up there. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. There's only one God. And him alone should be worshipped. And so unfortunately, those people were worshipping the goddess Diana because of self-interest. That's why we have gods. We, we create gods in our life because of self-interest. For those of you that don't know, that's, that, that goddess Diana, they deemed her, labeled her, the god of fertility. So, again, what did that tell you? <laughs> again, what did that tell you? They made her a god because they thought that she could do something for them. Self-interest. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So this is why we got to just realize who our God is to serve him. Because whoever people have made their idols and gods, it's because they think that idol, that God can do something for them. And how would we that know the true and living God who manifested himself as man in this earth, how would we think there's something else out there more powerful than him that we need to make our God? Church, it doesn't make good sense. It doesn't make good sense. So we have to realize that our God is the only true and living God. He's superior to everything. I don't have to bow down to anything else. I don't have to make anything else my God because everything consists in Jesus. There is nothing you need that is not in Jesus. There is nothing that needs to happen in your life that can't come from Jesus. So why should I serve? Why should I pursue anything else other than Jesus? And here's the truth, church. We can't help ourselves. We are going to have something in our life that serve as our self-interest. So you can make the choice today. Will your self-interest be Jesus Christ? Or will it be some idol that you tell yourself that can help you? That you tell yourself can do something for you that you can't do? Because that's really what it's going to come down to, is that we 
will seek after something to fulfill our self-interest and make that something our God. As I said, it could be a religion. It could be a person. It can be a money. It can be a sickness. It can be so many things that we are allowing to control us. And so here's how we allow stuff to just spin out of control. We have a situation that has been controlling us. And then something or someone come by and says, I've got the remedy. And we jump on board. Now all of a sudden they just, they, they control our life because they can, they can give us the remedy for that self-interest we have. For that thing that we want so bad. The devil will send somebody your way to make you think that somebody or that something can take care of your need. And only Jesus can fulfill your need. Remember what I said last week in the closing of our sermon. Because the Bible says, and God breathed into man's nostril and they became a living soul. We became who we are because we came from God. The only thing that can satisfy you is what you came from. Take fish out of water and put them in dirt and see what happens. Take the tree out of the earth and see what happens. We're the only crazy ones that want to get out of what we were created in to think that we're still going to survive and still be alive and well. Only us crazy, the most intelligent beings on this earth, out of this earth. We are crazy to think that we can come out of what we were created in and still live. You catch the fish, he's trying to go back in the water. You know, you hook him and you get him on, he's flapping around. And, and if you don't try to hold on to him good, he's jumping off the hook and go back in the water. He want to go back to where he will be alive and stay alive. And we crazy people, crazy people think, let me get out of God and I'm going to be alive. The fish, no, I can't stay alive if I get out the water. But us intelligent beings that eat the fish. Man, God, what happened to us? What happened to us, Lord? How did we allow ourselves to get that crazy? We must worship the only true and living God. And him alone must we worship. Him alone must have control in our life. Him alone must rule over us. Nothing else and no one else need to control your life. Only God Almighty. When was the last time you really worshipped God? I'm not talking about saying the word worship. I'm talking about really worship God. The word worship means reverent devotion and allegiance that you pledge to God. Worship must arise from out of the depth of your being. By the life given to you by God, it must express the reality of your heart from what you know about God. And so... We're challenged in our worship because we have not us or sunk ourselves deep enough in God to know him the way we need to know him. Because you can only worship him at the level where you know him. 
And if you really don't know him, you're shallow in your knowing, then after about 30 seconds, you're done. And you're frustrated because somebody next to you is still going. God is calling us to become worshipers of him. God is calling us to discard our idols, discard our small G gods, because he's telling us that they can't satisfy us. They can't do what needs to be done in our life. We're just playing games with our own self by seeking after all the other things to fulfill our own self-interests. Will you stand with me? Another thing that you want to know about worship. Not only do we worship God from the depths of our being, but worship is to put your hope in God and chase after him. Just like how you pursue what you are pursuing for your own self-interest. Hear me, hear me. God wants to know. Hear me, everybody. God wants to know. What if you put the same effort and energy in pursuing him as you do your own self-interest? What you think will happen to your life? If you want to really know who God is, if you really want to know what God can do, how about you think about this for one moment? What do you pursue? What do you pursue quite a bit as a self-interest? What do you pursue? Now think about how much effort and how much time you put into that. And now see if you can put that same effort and same energy into pursuing God and then tell me what happened to your life. Because you've been pursuing your self-interests for quite a long time and it still haven't yielded the results that will ever satisfy your soul. Because our soul can never be satisfied by nothing else but Jesus. Our soul can never be satisfied by nothing else but Jesus. And if we will pursue him He will satisfy our soul. If we will pursue him, the things that we didn't even know we needed, we will receive. If we will pursue him, if we will put the same energy, the same effort into pursuing him as we do our self-interest. Many of us have aligned ourselves in the pursuit of how we feel we should live our life in this world. And whether we realize it or not, we become worshipers in the pursuit of that lifestyle. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't care who it is that is so important to you. I don't care what it is that is so important to you. It can't get a better position in your life than the almighty God. We have to stop today and let God Be the center of your life that order and dictate and control everything about your existence. And you can't allow the things that just sometimes get the best of you. Listen, I'm not telling you you're not going to have an argument with someone. I'm not telling you something not going to happen. But don't let it prolong. 
You deal with it, and then you talk to God and move on from it. Because if you don't, then you will be controlled by it. And now God can't do anything for you because now you're worshiping idols. As opposed to allowing God to have the preeminence. As opposed to allowing God to work in you. You can't make anything that important in your life that it hinders you, prevents you from being in Christ. We need to make a decision today to discard all idols that we made as gods in our life and give ourselves to the one true and living God. Uh huh. We can't let this message pass us and not do something about it today. If you will discard all your gods and idols in your life and make Jesus Christ your God today, I guarantee you, he will do what's best for you. I guarantee you, he will provide you with a life of fulfillment and a life with a lot of promises. I mean, guaranteed promises, not just promises, because anybody can make your promise. But the promises that the Lord makes, they're guaranteed. The Bible says his promises are yea and amen. So when he tells you what he will do, when he make a promise to you about what he will do, you can bank on it. You can put your life on it. Nothing else or no one else can guarantee you that. That if you put your trust in it or them, that they can guarantee results. None. None like Jesus. Can I tell you? Jesus has done everything that he's asking us to do. And he is sitting on the throne and able to communicate to us that he did it. And you can do it as well. Nothing else can promise us. Nothing else can guarantee us. Why don't you talk to the Lord today? Why don't you step out of your comfort zone today? And why don't you discard and dethrone all of your gods and all of the things that have distracted you. I'm telling you, I know God has come to talk to us today because we have allowed so many things to distract us. We've allowed so many voices to start echoing in our mind and we became distracted and we became uh, just, just consumed by a whole lot of stuff and we didn't allow God to have the best and get the best of us. We didn't allow God uh, to just reign in our life, but today God want me to let you know that He is the only true and living God that you must worship. He is the only true and living God that you must serve. He is the only true and living God that you must give your whole entire being to, because He is the one that has your best interest at hand. He is the one that will keep you. He is the one that will make good on His his promises, guarantee promises today. What does somebody say, God? I confess to you, oh God, that I've allowed things. I've allowed individuals. I've allowed situations to become as an idol to me. I've allowed things, Lord God, to hold me captive. That I'm not able to worship you.
I'm not able to assemble with the body of Christ. I'm not able, Lord God, to worship you like I need to. I'm not able to fulfill my purpose in you as you designed me to. God, I can say truly that I've allowed those things to get in my way. I can say truly I've allowed them to have, uh, oh God, the influence in my life uh, that they should not have had. But today, Lord God, in, in front of you, Lord, I confess my sins and say forgive me for allowing idols to be my God. Forgive me, Lord God, for allowing situation and things to become my God. I confess my sins today, Lord God. And I ask you to forgive me today, Lord God. There's somebody in here today, God wants you to give your life to Him. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, He wants to know what are you waiting for. Who are you trying to save yourself for? God is calling somebody today to surrender their life to Him because He wants to make your life better. He wants to make your life richer. He wants to make your life a blessing. He wants to make your life what it was designed to be. Somebody hear me today. God is calling you to give your life to Him. God is calling you to surrender your life to Him. God said, come on, today is your day. You've heard my word. Don't you wait any longer. Don't you give. Don't you hold on to yourself for anything else. I am your God. It is me that created you and designed you. It is me that Breathe my breath into you, uh, and you came out of the womb, uh, a living soul, a breathing soul. Uh, it was my design. It was me. Uh, why would you save yourself for anything else? Uh, for nothing or no one uh, can take care of you uh, like I can. Uh, will you come today and give your life to the Lord? Uh, will you come today and surrender your life to Jesus uh, and make Him God of your life that nothing else? will rule in your life. Let nothing else rule in your life. Today is your day. Today is your day to come and say, God, nothing else will rule in my life. Uh, nothing else will have, uh, oh God, my attention. Nothing else uh, will control me, Lord God. Uh, for Lord, not even me uh, will control me. Uh, I surrender my life uh, and I say, Jesus, have the preeminence. Jesus, uh, have the reign uh, and the rulership. Uh, Jesus, uh, have your way in my thoughts uh, and in my life. Uh, I need you, Lord. Uh, I want you to be my God. Uh, I want you to be my Lord. Uh, I want you to be my ruler. I want you to be my master and my king. Somebody hear me today. Give your life to Jesus and dethrone and discard everything that has controlled you for so long. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's only one God. And Him alone should be worship. There's only one God. And Him alone should be worship. His name is Jesus. He revealed Himself to us when He became man through being born of the Virgin Mary. The Almighty God manifests Himself so we can see Him and know Him. And He wants to help us today. He wants 